0: The following conversation between Joel and myself was recorded before the Hamas attacks. So please keep that in mind as you listen. We will continue to drop special updates in our podcast feed when necessary. Thanks again for all your prayers and support of Israel in this crucial time.
1: The Ministry of Interior here in Israel, actually it's happened over the last two years, but they started denying clergy visas for Christian Zionist organizations that are here to love Israel, bless Israel, including helping Jews make Aliyah, come to Israel and resettle from Ukraine or from Russia.
0: Breaking news on the Israeli interior ministry and their apology to Christian Zionist groups. Hi, welcome to Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, and today we're talking with Joel Rosenberg about this exciting and breaking news that's just happened. Joel, welcome. I'm glad uh, you're able to be with us there from Jerusalem.
1: Well, great to be with you, Carl, and it is exciting news.
0: Okay, so let's set this up. We did a podcast a few weeks ago about uh, some of the persecution that would seem to be increasing against Christian Zionist groups in Israel. And just recently, things have been changing. So maybe you could describe that a little bit and uh, give us an update exactly where we are.
1: Sure. Well, let me paint a big picture first, and then we'll, we'll zoom in. Really, for the last several years, we have been seeing a slow but steady increase in verbal attacks against followers of Jesus here in Israel and particularly here in Jerusalem. We've been seeing physical attacks against Christians by extremist uh, Orthodox and ultra-Orthodox Jews. Those attacks have been increasing. We've seen priests and pastors spit upon uh, in the old city. We've seen Christian uh, cemeteries be desecrated. We've seen churches defaced and... There's been some serious problems. It's been growing. In fact, a year ago, let me just say uh, as we record this in uh, in September of 2022, Jordan's King Abdullah actually gave a speech at the United Nations General Assembly, the opening session of the fall of the fall session, and he included in his speech his concern that Christianity was under attack in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And he he spent some time on this. I actually wrote a column at that time, Carl, which I said you know, I, I love the king and I have great respect for him, and I think we're friends. Uh, we've spent a good deal of time together, but I don't see what he's saying it being true. I I I think it might be overstated. It, I'm not sure it's, it merits a UN speech right in front of the, all the world's diplomats. But a few weeks ago, I actually wrote a column for all Arab news apologizing to the king, saying not, not only had I gone back to look more carefully at the data that he was looking at last year. But just what we've been reporting at All Israel News, All Arab News, the Rosenberg Report, and here on the Inside Epicenter podcast over the past year convinces me he was right. The king was right. I was wrong. And uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to apologize if we if we're incorrect on things. And so I said that publicly on my TV show and on the uh you know on All Arab News and sent the column to him. So he He and his advisors were aware of it. They're not used to people apologizing for being wrong uh, when they criticize the king. But the reason I say it is because there's been so many problems. And then more recently, the Ministry of Interior here in Israel, actually it's happened over the last two years, but they started denying clergy visas for Christian Zionist organizations that are here to love Israel, bless Israel, including helping Jews make Aliyah, come to Israel and resettle from Ukraine or from Russia or from wherever and the Israeli ministry of interior that regulates visas for the last two years has been systematically denying these visas, even though Carl, there was a, there were written agreements between the ministry of interior here in Jerusalem and these Christian organizations saying that they would give them an annual quota of visas. And so that was just not happening. And so for two years, these Christian groups were trying with their lawyers to work behind the scenes to get a, you know, a resolution without going public, without suing. But it was a violation of lit, written legal agreements. Right. But they were trying to keep it quiet and understandably, but they they finally got fed up with that. And they said, being quiet and working behind the scenes isn't working. So they asked me among, a, you know, a number of others, uh, but we were the first Christian media outlet to do a story on this and also talk about, it, of course, on the podcast and on the TV show really exposing what the problem was. Now, I just want to make one more point. I was very clear when you and I talked about it and in the article and on TV, nobody was accusing the minister of the interior ministry uh, that that it was his fault or his responsibility. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew, honestly, because yes, the new, fairly new over the last year minister of the interior department is uh, an ultra-Orthodox rabbi who is part of a political party that we talked about on that podcast called the Shas party. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty hostile uh, towards people who love Jesus. And they are not seeing this as uh, us as allies. They're seeing us as enemies. But was it really coming from him? Uh, without evidence, nobody wanted to say. Maybe it was a mid-level set of bureaucrats that were just, you know, hostile. And they decided to just stamp no on all these things. But so so that's the background. Let me stop there for a second. I, I don't want to. But that's the background. So you say, wow, in the context of all these other problems. Yeah. What in the world is going on over there?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a very fractured and factious time right now. And and unfortunately, as as we know, the Christian community has been persecuted in this way. And it's been, it's a small minority. So as we know, in, in fractured politics, sometimes the minority group, the uh, the common one suffers the most, but some things have changed. And uh, that's kind of where we want to start driving, you know, the, the big context down into maybe there are, always, there's some positive signs that we've seen.
1: Absolutely. So all Israel news was able to break the story um, just recently, in recent date, right that there had been an agreement now that there had been an in-person meeting between one of the senior officials at the Israeli Ministry of Interior and these leaders of the Christian group and their lawyer, and that the Ministry of Interior had apologized profusely and said, you know, we're sorry, we haven't changed our policy, but there have been obviously problems. We're going to fix those problems. We're going to give you all the visas that we promised. And what else can we do to help you? It was a very, very positive meeting I was very happy to uh, to be able to report that it wasn't a problem that was now heading to a lawsuit, but in fact, that I think the publicity can't, doesn't always help, right? And I and I appreciate that these Christian organizations weren't looking for publicity, right? They were trying to resolve the problem quietly and not, you know, they're not they're not hostile to Israel. That's why they're here because they love Israel, and they, and they didn't want to create a public relations problem while they're here helping to try to. You know, explain to the world why Chris, Israel is so good and why Christians love Israel. But they did the right thing, in my view, which is they decided. Listen, you know, maybe it's the it's a pocket of mid level bureaucrats that are going rogue, and it has no it doesn't have a reflection. Surely, of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, there's been no Israeli leader more pro Christian than Netanyahu, and you know, the people around him they they want things to go well with Christians. So, all Israel News was was really honored to play a, a role. This podcast played a role in asking people. Hey, first, educating people. That's right. important. Right? We talk about learn, pray, give, and go. Right? How do you know how to pray for something specifically if you don't even know that there's a problem? So as we educate people around the world through the podcast through the news services, whatever, of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. and we try to do it fairly and honestly, once people hear it, then they're like, oh, well, I ought to be praying for that. And then You know, God doesn't always say yes to our prayers. He always answers, but sometimes he says no, or sometimes he says wait, Wait. Mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, Paul was in prison for two years. Obviously he was praying. Obviously all of his friends were praying for him, but God said, no, I want to keep you in prison for two years. Mm -hmm. That was hard, but it worked out. Eventually he was released. And so this is a huge win. God gets all the credit. What I love about it is it's, it's a victory for prayer. It's a victory for patience for these Christian organizations that didn't rush out to try to make a news story out of it. But it's also, I think, part of God's plan that a podcast, all Israel News, the Rosenberg Report, can all play a role in healthy, honest, fair, balanced, truthful, credible Christian journalism to help people understand. And once they're educated, they can pray more effectively. And I think what it took in this case was... A global effort of prayer, and that required letting people be aware of the problem, not to make Israel look bad, but just to be honest and, and seek redress. You don't always get the result that you want, but this was a wonderful and encouraging uh, win that God gets all the credit for, and Amen. we're, we're just
0: happy to be able to share it. Amen. Well, we're going to come back on, on this. We've got to take a quick break right now, but Joel, I want to come back and talk a little bit about how Uh, situations like this might help to educate even the political and social leadership in Israel about the nature of Christian support for Israel. So we'll, we'll come back on that question right after this break.
1: Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: Well our verse of the day today is found in Mark chapter 9 verse 23. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible if a person believes. And our prayer requests today are, number one, pray that God continues to guide and help the leaders in Israel to do the right thing and to be open even to the gospel, and second, to pray that God continues to open doors of ministry to Christian organizations supporting and standing with Israel. Well, Joel, we're back, and, and I want to talk about that question, about how does a situation like this, and uh, obviously the uh, the change of, of heart and the statement of support from the Ministry of Interior, how does that help? And Maybe what are some of the things that you could see organizations doing to help educate the other leaders in Israel about the nature of Christian support for for Israel.
1: Well, I think that more and more Israeli uh, members of Knesset, people in the in the government, are realizing the depth and the breadth of Christian support worldwide for Israel, particularly evangelical support. I mean, if you say generally Christian support, that's true, but you're not seeing a lot of particular support coming from the Roman Catholic. Church, unfortunately, or generally speaking, from the various Orthodox denominations worldwide, it, it, it tends to be evangelical generally, uh, and maybe a subset would be Pentecostal. So that it's an issue within Reformed theology. You're not seeing a lot of pro-Israel activity. So it's actually sort of a subset of Christianity that focuses on Israel and and, and understands. God's heart, plan, and purpose, and and for the neighbors as well, and that this is not either or, but God loves both. And and the Joshua Fund, we find ourselves at the at the crossroads of the epicenter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you had recently on, you interviewed uh, Dr. Jürgen Bueller, the, uh, the the president of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, when you were at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention earlier this year, and and you, you had sort of a stack of uh, interviews that you've been you know working to get on the podcast and. So I'm very grateful for Jürgen, and um, we've been speaking in recent days about how encouraged he is. He's one of the organizations that was getting these clergy visas denied, and and it just didn't make sense, right? It didn't fit with this understanding at the high levels, certainly at the Netanyahu level, of, of the Christian importance to Israel. But I would say that it's still a problem. Yeah. I don't think all members of Knesset understand it. There's actually a caucus within the Knesset, the Israeli Parliament, called the Knesset Christian allies caucus and you'd wish that every member of the all 120 members of the parliament were in it, but they're not. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done and there are some wonderful organizations, the Christian embassy being probably the foremost in terms of doing that specific kind of work. You and I, and the Joshua fund, we're not specifically working on the political side. There's right. also of course the, the, the Jerusalem prayer breakfast, uh, Right. Albert Vexler and that team, and and they do great work. Um, again, mobilizing prayer for leaders, for lay people, for Jewish Christian relations. Um, but they, both of those groups are much more focused on political leadership than than the Joshua Fund. Now, right. people say, "Well, Joel, you're the Joshua Fund, and you you seem to work with a lot of leaders." I do, but it, that's not the prime. I mean, we talk you know, it, it's true, but it's not the primary thing that I do every day. Yeah, and it's certainly not what the Joshua Fund does. We're not. Lobbying, we're not partisan, we're not political. But obviously, um, we want to show the love of Jesus to people, whether at the top of the food chain here or, or the poorest of the poor. And so, yeah, I've led delegations to meet with the top level, but that's not my day job. <laughs> Why the, are those things so interesting? Because they're not normal, right? <laughs> because God is opening those unique doors. But I think that one of the things I would just make a special point um, to say. I think there's actually a lot more that is needed to expand the education of the church worldwide mm. uh, about what's happening here in the epicenter. I'm so glad that, that it, it was your idea that uh, we start this podcast uh, coming up on just uh, coming up to our third year anniversary. I think yeah, maybe, is it third year, right? Three years, I think. Or uh, is it only, uh, yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I know. We think we started in 21. So uh, this okay. would right. be so, coming so up only to start our, start our third year. Beginning the third year. So, yeah.
1: Eight and a half million views and listens. That shows there's a lot of interest in a long form, right? This isn't a two minute sound bite. This is a long form 30, 40, 50 minutes, sometimes an hour we go. Yeah. That's encouraging. And I think the combination of the Joshua Fund, its educational mission, all Israel news and all Arab news, and then the Rosenberg report provide us with m- multiple ways of educating people who want to know about this, but there's also a lot of Christians who didn't even know they should know about this and they sort of stumble into it. And they're like, oh, I I didn't even know where to turn for a resource. So I'm encouraged. And I, and I, uh, I think we need to expand uh, this work.
0: Well, and I couldn't agree more with you about this. And, you know, the fact that uh, we've had over eight and a half million listens to one episode or another of these podcasts, I always tell everybody I get an education. I get the uh, graduate level seminar of talking about what God is doing in the Middle East uh, by doing this podcast with you. And I know that it's something that I would even love to see uh, more of leaders in Israel uh, get a chance to listen to it because you have such a profound uh, insight into how to articulate the current relationship between Christian organizations and Israel and how we can bless Israel. We can, provide uh, resources for the poor, we can encourage and bless uh, all of the leaders throughout the body of uh, Messiah in Israel, and how that supports all of uh, what God is doing uh, in Israel overall. I think that's uh, that's really the heart of how this podcast and how the education really can help contribute to this kind of um, education uh, within Israel itself. So I guess my last question for us on this, uh, for you to kind of think about and maybe theorize about is, do you see the future for Christian organizations, Zionist organizations in Israel brighter as a result of this uh, step forward? Or is it something that we always will have to be aware of and keeping vigilance about?
1: I think we have to keep being vigilant. I think that um, these problems are, are a symptom of the fact that the culture and certainly the political universe here is trending more and more to the orthodox and ultra-orthodox, that the, those two segments of society, though they're fairly small in terms of the overall population, they have an outsized influence on the Israeli governments because, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel much more than even uh, David Ben-Gurion in the early years of the state. And he has depended almost every government except for one on having the Orthodox and the ultra-Orthodox part of the coalition. And the country has moved center-right and and Netanyahu is at the center of the center-right. So so he's the most trusted person in the center-right political sphere. And he depends a lot politically on putting together governments because he has these folks in his, his orbit. That's simple politics. It's math. He's got to get to 61 seats, and right now he has 64. But the problem is that as those groups have more and more influence, they don't like Christians. Netanyahu does. Many Israelis do. Many Most are neutral, and they just aren't quite sure what to think about it. Well, we, could, we should talk about that poll that uh, we released a few weeks uh, months ago. But the point is there are groups that really don't want to be friendly. And I would just say that I'm grateful for the Christian Embassy, Bridges for Peace, Christian Friends of Israel. These are the three Christian Zionist organizations that were, you know, finding themselves in trouble with the Ministry of Interior. It got solved. It got fixed. But one of their challenges, and they do great work, each in their different ways. But one of the challenges is, is that they need to bring foreign Christians to work here. That is not the Joshua Fund model, and it's not the, the all-Israel news, all-Arab news model. We It's not, there's not, there's nothing wrong with it, but there is a difference. And the difference is we hire Israeli believers to do these jobs and maybe they need some extra training and mentoring and discipleship because they don't, because that's not the skill set that they entered the world. You know, it's not what they're, it's not their first set of training. We don't have a lot of Christian journalists in Israel. So we're having to train some, you know, we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, people who do humanitarian relief, I think that's what that's what I want to focus on or whatever. So that's a challenge. But I, I, I like that challenge because I like to see Israelis learn how to love and serve each other and Palestinians mm-hmm. as well. And I say, let the tribe increase. It's a different model. Again, I wouldn't say right or wrong, but I will say that ultimately the Bible tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us, right? In his letter, to one of his letters to Timothy, I think it's the first letter, right? Chapter 3, verse 12, all who will live a godly life mm. in the Messiah Jesus will be persecuted. <laughs> Not saying 20% will or 40% or 517 saying everybody who wants to live a godly life in the Messiah, in Jesus, is going to face persecution. Now, right now, I would say this is more harassment. than than outright persecution we're not in iran we're not in china right Right. we're not i I want to be clear that there are distinctions right but this but some of it's becoming verbal harassment legal harassment media harassment or even physical attacks so i think it's going to get worse actually Mm. point and it shouldn't throw us and it shouldn't scare us god tells us these things in his word so that we can say all right well Look at what Jesus went through. Look what the apostles went through. Look what all the church has gone through. Mm-hmm. And wherever the church is growing, it's facing opposition. And that's helping to purify it and cause us to turn to the Lord more. But I do think, I will just say that to wrap this up, I love anybody who from a foreign country who wants to come and work here and serve here. It's needed. I do see it sometimes. Israelis in different sectors are like, oh, we don't need these foreigners. No, certainly the body of Christ, we need everybody. Right. Who's who's a toe to say we don't need the hand and who's the hand to say we don't need the elbow? Right? Okay. Right. The problem is that everybody here wants to be a mouth, and that's that's a challenge. That's a but challenge. We have a we have a head. That's Jesus. <laughs> he says I'm the head, and yeah. that means he's the mouth, and we just say whatever he tells us to say, not just whatever we want. So I do think over the long term, the healthiest ministries are going to hire and train local believers who may still get persecuted or harassed
0: mm-hmm.
1: but can't get kicked out because that this is, this is us. It's it's our country. So I will fight to the death as it were to defend the right and, and, the, and the opportunity. It's not a right, but it's an opportunity for Christians to come and serve here and work here. And I want to stand with them. And I think that the local body always does better when we are connected and we feel connected and we act connected to the broader know, six hundred million evangelicals or the broader church, not to think of ourselves as different or let ourselves be separated by the government or by religious factions here that are like, no, you're you're Jewish followers of Jesus and therefore you're radioactive. And we, you know, no, no, if you like the Christian support for Israel, we're part of the package. So I think that's a trend we're gonna see. I think it's gonna get worse. Yeah. But I think the Lord knows that and isn't thrown by that, and we shouldn't be either.
0: Well, in the middle of it all, I'm sure you would agree, you know, the, while the the, the the indications are that it will continue to get um, worse, as you said, but in the middle of it all, we'll find friends and find allies uh, who will be able to help uh, create environments for, for some of these Christian organizations to be protected. I know that that was... I mean, in in countries like you said that where severe persecution takes place, that's what maintains that there are always allies to be found in the midst of yeah. even the worst of persecuting places. And I think this this podcast and and all Israel news, um, all Arab news for that matter, and uh, the the Rosenberg report, Joel, that you do, are all part of educating the body of evangelicals around the world, but also the local leaders there. It really does. Take a conversation where people listening to you and to reading your articles will become more educated about how this is not a threat to Israel. This is not a, a sort of a spiritual sneak attack, if we will, to talk about our prior podcasts. But it's actually an opportunity for people to bless Israel, and that's something that I think would be very important for for leaders in Israel to know uh, know more about. And I'm so glad. Great. That even though it's not part of the Joshua Fund directly or part of our founding, you actually have the uh, the open door to have these conversations with so many leaders throughout Israel. So that's well, always.
1: and just to be clear for our, our listeners and viewers, the educational element of the Joshua oh, of Fund course. has always yeah. been always central, and and it doesn't mean and as you're pointing out, and I appreciate you pointing out it's an important point, it's not just about educating the church about Israel and the neighbors; it's about educating Israel. And the about neighbors about the about church. The church. And yes. um, or at least about Jesus and the word, right? The church sometimes is we're not our best, you know, <laughs> not our best ambassadors of ourselves. But but yes, and I think that uh as we here who live here, one of the things we're trying to do with the podcast with Joshua Fund more broadly, all Israel and the and the Rosemary report is how can we serve the local believers, right? We've tried and maybe there's a point to, to close on, but We've talked about in the past, but just to be a good place to summarize, we've seen some real wonderful ways that God has used this expanded educational set of media to have some victories. They're God's victories, but he's using this expanded form of media. Uh, When we had uh, an example uh, about a year and a half ago where a Palestinian evangelical pastor was arrested on unjust charges— And put into jail, and the Palestinian evangelical leadership basically asked, please don't report this on All Arab News. We don't want coverage. We are going to try to handle this quietly, and I thought that was probably the right approach, but it didn't work, and so after it didn't work, then they said, Joel, would would All Arab News publish an article about the situation sort of appealing to the president of the Palestinians, Abu Mazen, also known as Mahmoud Abbas, and ask for mercy, that he would... Intervene in, the, in this unjust situation and and let this passer out, and we did that. And that very day, a Palestinian Muslim businessman who follows me on Twitter read my article, and printed it and went to the palace in Ramallah, and showed it to President Abbas, and asked. I said, he said, you know, look, I'm not a Christian, but I think I think this is not a good situation for us. Would you intervene and show mercy? And and uh, to his credit, Abu Mazen did that. And a couple days later. The pastor was finally released after 40 days in jail and nothing else working. Now, that's the power of prayer. It's not the power of all Arab news. This was God using it. But this is how God did it. And all Arab news hadn't existed, and now it did. And if you didn't come to us, you the question would be, well, would you go to a, a Jewish news outlet or, or Muslim or secular? or What What would you do? Another example, of course, is the story that we Talked about quite a bit uh, in the spring when all Israel news broke the story of the two ultra orthodox members of the Knesset who introduced that bill It's to send you to prison if you talked about your faith in Jesus with anybody else in the country who didn't believe that. Yeah, that was a big deal and a, and a serious threat. But it turned out Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." Uh, Justice Brandeis of the Supreme Court years ago said, "Sunlight is the best disinfectant." Yeah, if something happens in the darkness and the shadows then you might not know about it. Therefore, you wouldn't know how to pray about it. But what happened is that story, I've never seen the story that I've done, Carl, here in Israel go viral so quickly and go global yeah. so quickly. And it mobilized, it's not just education. Education that mobilizes action, prayer, yes. importantly, but sometimes phone calls, text messages, whatever thing. Again, not lobbying, but just saying, hey, My what's goodness. going on? Why I don't understand. Why would Israel let a law maybe be passed that could harm the Christians? And within four days, Carl, this audience right. knows this. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu felt that international impact. And and he already is pro-Christian, but this wasn't on his radar screen. Yeah. And now it was. And and so he issued a statement saying, I'll never let legislation like that pass to, to harm Christians. Yeah. And it was over in four days. I, yeah. I, we were shocked. I had actually done my show. I pre-taped my show for that Thursday night. This came out on Wednesday. I had to go in and re-tape the show <laughs> saying, it's already solved. Yeah. Right. So, and this is now this new example of educating Christians about the ministry of interior problems. Again, we're not doing exposés. We're just trying to shed light Yeah, in the darkness. And sure enough, it was a great disinfectant. It worked. And uh, I'm not saying it's going to work every time. Right. When God sent Moses to Egypt to shed some light on a dark situation mm-hmm. with the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh made things worse. (laughs) And the local Jews were like, thanks a lot. (laughs) Dude, I'm I'm, this sort of the Joel translation. Um, That's the Joel Joel standard. We don't have enough troubles and you come. (laughs) So I'm not saying I I don't want to draw a simple conclusion, but I'm just saying often, how can we pray about something if we don't even know about it? But if we know about it, we can pray. And maybe God wants the situation not to get solved yet until he mobilizes a wider prayer Air Force. Yes. Yes. And then the target softened up spiritually and then things get better. I'm excited. And I think this intersection of the Joshua Fund, particularly with the Inside the epicenter podcast, with all a- Arab news and all Israel news and the Rosenberg report, give us quite a lot of scope that we can get these messages out in multiple ways. Not everybody has time to watch a TV show or to listen to an, yeah. a long podcast. So maybe they want just an email or a text or a, mm-hmm. a tweet. Right. But sometimes they like, no, I really do want to understand that. Where would I go yeah. for a 30 or 40 minute conversation, but something that I care about? I don't Who would I trust? Where would I go? And that's why these things are working and why you need to work in multiple media and not just one medium.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, not only uh, to the specific uh, issue of the Ministry of Interior and and uh, its apology to the Christian organizations, but also to this idea of educating uh, a global educational impact from the Joshua Fund. And Joel, thank you for this uh, this insight. We're gonna we've got a break here. We got to actually got to end our podcast for this uh, this hour. Um, but I'd like to tell our listeners if you'd like to learn more about the educational and other ministry of the joshua fund you can visit our website at joshuafund.com and there you can learn so much more about what god is doing through us in the middle east to bless israel and her neighbors in the name of jesus and how you can participate in the healing work we're doing in this critical region and as always check out our show notes for anything you heard on this podcast that you'd like more information on for joel rosenberg i'm carl muller Thanks for listening to Inside the Epicenter.
1: Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, founder and chairman of the Joshua Fund. And I've got exciting news. In 2023, I'm inviting you on behalf of our entire board and staff to come to the Holy Land, to come to Israel on the next prayer and vision tour. This is the 75th anniversary of the prophetic rebirth of the modern state of Israel back in 1948. And what is God doing here? It's amazing, spiritually, economically, in so many ways. There's been so much growth, so much progress, but the best is yet, to come and we want you to see it we want you to walk where jesus walked we want you to see where the apostles ministered we want you to see where people's lives were transformed by the love of god and the power of the holy spirit we want you to see this city where jesus died and rose again and where he's coming back i hope soon But in the meantime, come to Israel with the Joshua Fund. You can learn more about the trip, the itinerary, the cost, all the details at joshuafund.com. But sign up quickly because I think this thing is going to fill up fast. The prayer and vision tour of Israel in the fall of 2023. I hope to see you there.